All right, hello and welcome to another episode of the Long Ball Football Podcast, a weekly podcast by two brothers about all things football in Portugal. You listen to myself, Albert, and as always, I'm joined by my brother Barney. How are you doing, Barney? How's things? Yeah, well, good man. Um, a buzzing to be honest. <laughs> We've just been like very excited. Something we thought we'd like, well, never dreamed of doing, but yeah, really, yeah. really cool. Yeah, I mean, you all have worked out by the title by this point, but today's episode is a very special episode. Our first ever interview with a current Premier League player. And we fought long and hard about who we wanted that player to be. We we uh, And we approached him and he was very, uh, very welcoming, very friendly and more than up for it. So and um, we recorded just now an interview with Jerome Opoku, um, English centre-back who plays for Aruka, formerly of Fulham. And as we discussed, also played in England's lower leagues before joining Portugal. Really interesting interview, Barney. I mean, I, I, I think it's going to be one that I'm going to really enjoy. Yeah, and, and just what a lovely guy, man. Thank you for giving mm. us his time. And yeah, it was really good to speak to him. And such a, so, yeah, like you said, some really interesting points, particularly like the perspective of his career decisions and, and how he got to Aruka. And yeah, a nice bit of insight into that team as well. Yeah, no, fascinating. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's the next thing you're going to hear is our interview with Jerome. Um, before we press play on that, just a quick one to say, we are going to be ramping up our pre-season content very shortly. So uh, the podcast is grinding back into gear after uh, off-season. We're blowing off the cobwebs, you know, de-rusting. So there's going to be some pre-season content, you know, season previews, all that kind of stuff. But equally, we should just mention this episode is going out early to all of our patrons. So if you're listening to us on Patreon, thank you very much. If you're not, all of our patrons have already heard it. So if you don't want to miss out on this and other content that is going to come out early on Patreon, make sure you check us out. It's only £1 a month to become a long ball football socio. So uh, definitely get involved if you want to hear stuff like this uh, and all of our other pre-season content, which may or may not, Barney, we cannot confirm nor deny, include a first piece of video content, a kit review show, which we are planning to do very shortly. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that one. I've, uh, yeah. Good. I'm I'm very much clued up on that man. I've I've, I've always got my <laughs> rankings in my head already. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be some controversial choices. I can tell you that already. Um, well, look. Without further ado, here is our interview with uh, Arukas Jerome Opoku. All right, well, it gives me great pleasure to introduce our guest who has the honour of being the first current Premier League of footballer that we've interviewed on the Long Wall Football Podcast. We'd like to say a big welcome to the show to Jerome Apoku. Jerome, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. Thanks for being here. It's good to be here. Oh, yeah. We yeah. appreciate your time, man. You're back in Portugal for pre-season, obviously. I hope you had a good off-season, a good opportunity to relax. How does it feel to be back? Yeah, no, the break was definitely needed after a <laughs> good season, obviously. Uh, but yeah, it's great to be back, obviously. I think it's currently raining in England, so it's good to be out 
<laughs> it is. I'm looking out. I'm looking out my window. Yeah. I can see the rain. Did you come back to? Did you come back to the UK for for the office? Yeah, I came back for like I was there for two weeks to see family and everything. Mm. So yeah. yeah. And uh, look, we can't go any further, obviously, without acknowledging what an incredible season it was for Aruka and for yourself, finishing fifth in the Premier League, qualifying for the Europa Conference League qualifiers. We've loved yeah. following this team this season. Every season we say the same thing. There's always a team that that surprises us, that becomes, yeah. you know, a fan's favourite this season. It was Aruka. We were delighted that you got it over the line. You secured that yeah. fifth place. You must be so proud of what, what the team achieved and what you achieved, man. Huh? Yeah, no. Honestly, I think looking at uh, when I first came to Portugal, and obviously the team I'm coming to, not as in Portugal, like a big team, you can say. But so I think finishing fifth was just the massive, massive, a massive achievement. Like the president, to be fair, he sat us down, and before we started the season, that was one of his his goals. Then I, I was a bit like. You know, okay, let's let's see what can happen. But then, yeah, to, to pull it off was it was amazing to be fair. So yeah, massive congratulations from us. We're going to come on to your time in Portugal and Aruca in great depth very shortly. But yeah. firstly, so that you know, we and the listeners can learn more about you, we want to hear about your journey as a footballer from the beginning. I'm sure a lot of people will know, obviously, that you joined Aruca from Fulham, but people not, might not realize that you joined Fulham at a very young age, around nine years old, right? That's yeah. that's pretty incredible. My first question is, what what was it like playing for a club like Fulham at such a young age? Yeah, from being at Fulham from like nine and then all the way until I think it was like 20, 21 or something. It was it was very good. I think the development there and the, the way they develop young players is very good. The structure of the academy system and everything, it really builds you up and kind of gets you ready for like Real life, so yeah, the I think it helped me a lot being at Fulham for such a long time. So yeah, and did you like? Did, was that always like the? Was that always your, sort of your path? If you know what I mean, like you've obviously been playing football your whole life, but like, did you did you think that was you know a, a top club was was gonna come in for you at that age, or was that sort of a bit of a shock? Or yeah, because it kind of started at I was obviously playing that Saturday league, Sunday league, yeah, and. Funny enough, my mum took me to, like, I think back then it was called Fulham Kick, like a place where you pay to play. And then I was just there for a while, actually not too long. And then, yeah, Fulham, the actual real Fulham scout was there. Then he just took me there. Then I think I was on trial for like two weeks and I got signed up. But I think when I was young, it wasn't something I was thinking about. But when it came, it was kind of like mind-blowing. So, yeah. The question I always want to ask, I mean, I, I, I've never knew the question of football before. The question I always want to ask is, did you start as a defender? Because obviously you play centre-back now, but I always hear people like, I remember hearing Rio Ferdinand saying he started as a striker and then, you know, as you kind of get older and as you develop, yeah. you change. But did you always start as a defender? Nah, funny enough, I was a right winger. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to cut in, cut in, cut in. And then like try to finesse it. Or, yeah, yeah, I was a right winger from... I think, let's say, 10 to all the way to 14, mm. 10, 14 years, yeah. And then it got to the stage where I went to, like, under-16s and the manager just slapped me left back. And then <laughs> I, was just, I was just confused. My dad was confused. <laughs> and then when the growth spurt obviously came, it looked like it made sense because they just put me in centre-back because I was so tall. And then from there, yeah, now I'm here. But, yeah, now I was the right-winger. 
I feel that always happens with uh, left-footed players, man. If like you're gonna get stuck at left back at some point, <laughs> but I was also gonna say, man, we've seen you carry the ball a few times this season. I can tell that like, you're like you used, to, <laughs> you used to be a bit of a winger. You haven't had a word with the manager yet to say, listen, mate, if you need me to do a job right wing, I'm there. No, in training, I try, I try and drift there sometimes, but now I get shouted, get back, get back. <laughs> Do you remember? I'm interested. I'm intrigued in this one because look, I think every kid in England, I'm sure Portugal as well. When you're eight, nine years old, you dream of being a footballer, right? But that moment doesn't happen to many people. Do you remember that moment at eight or nine when when you realised you were going to move to the Fulham Academy? Do you remember what? Do you remember what that felt like at the time? Did it feel significant? Did it feel like a, a big moment? Yeah, I think I was in my my house and I don't know. My dad got a call or something, and then I think I just. It just hit me like I was just so excited and I realised, wow, like this actually could be happening. So I think it became more of like a re- like a, a dream that's like achievable, I think, at that moment. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And Fulham must be such an important club for you because obviously you have been there for such a long time, mm-hmm. a captain on the under-23 side. Does, do you, I mean, it, it must be hard to explain really, but they must have such a, have had such an effect on your career and like the player you've become. Like, what are like the most like what are the most important lessons and the skills you think you've learned during your time at Fulham? Like, because they obviously they had their moments while you're there. Like when um, Roy Hodgson was there, and like you know that that team that got to was it the Europa League final? Like, yeah. you know that there was yeah, you must have seen some amazing players there at your time and, and learned so much from them. Yeah, I think when I was there, it's just like. It taught me like discipline. Uh, obviously, the technical side is going to be there because you're training like every day, sometimes twice a day. And uh, I think, but also that other side of football, I think that's what is like put into me like resilience, all of them little details that can, you know, help you. You don't realize it's going to help you, but when you get to men's football, it definitely does help you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there does come a time for every player when. You have to step away from youth team football, start making your way into the men's game. Obviously, for you, that was with an English team called Accrington Stanley. I think they were they League One or League Two at the time. League One at the time, yeah. So that's a that's oh, wow. a big that's a big step up into the men's game then, because you know, in England, all four of the top divisions are very serious professional divisions. So to go in at the third division is a is a big step. Lower mm-hmm. lower league football in England can be tough, and and yeah. moving up north as well from from London. You know, those are quite quite brave decisions to take because I'm sure you could have maybe made a more kind of comfortable decision, maybe found a club in London where you, you could have stayed mm-hmm. at home. But yeah. that was a big step. At, at the time, did it did it feel like a big moment? Were you were you was it something you wanted to do to to test yourself in a new environment? Yeah, I feel like as a defender, obviously if you're not if you're at that age where you obviously need to start playing men's football and you're not getting pushed exactly straight into the first team of Fulham, I think you definitely just need to get out there and show, you know, your strength and so people start noticing you because doing it at the 23s level is like, you don't get as much credit from, mm. like, yeah, eyes. So that's something I definitely wanted to do. Obviously, when I heard that Accrington wanted me, I just said, yeah, let's let's go for it. So, yeah. Do you, do you remember it, your first game? Yeah, I came on. It was Bristol Rovers away, to be fair. Obviously, I've been that to one. that. I've been to that stadium, man. It can be a it can be a tough stadium to go to. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously, twenty three's environment, you don't you don't get like the fans shouting and all of them things. Mm. I think I came on, and then I must have given a free kick away. Then 
they scored from it. They scored from it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just like, okay, cool. Then I started getting confident, then kind of helped for our goal. And I think it ended a draw. But yeah, now it was, it was a surreal experience that, that debut game in men's football. Yeah. And obviously, the following season, it was another load to League One, this time to Plymouth. So that's on the south coast of England, for anyone who doesn't know the UK. Basically, for anyone listening to this who's not from England, Portsmouth, Plymouth, excuse me, is is geographically almost as far away from anywhere in the UK as it's possible to get. It's like stuck right on the bottom left. Another big step for you to take, and another big club. Did going from Accrington to Plymouth was did that feel like a, a step up or more responsibility, or did you have conversation with a manager about more minutes and stuff like that? Yeah, I think uh, played. I think Accrington. I think that's when Corona came after because I remember I was in Accrington. Then the season ended early. So mm. then we're having a decent season, to be fair. And then, uh, yeah, then Plymouth came in. Again, I've returned to Fulham for pre-season. Obviously, not knowing that I wasn't going to go, you know, straight into the first team again, I knew that I had to look for another loan. And when Plymouth came, is obviously like a, a, di- a different club. Uh, and I think Accrington, I was playing left-back and Plymouth saw me more as a, a centre-back and that's what, obviously, I needed. So, yeah, that was a whole other different experience but something that definitely helped me yeah because I feel like that sort looks like that's sort of been your transition isn't it like going left back and then was it you're sort of playing left side of a three centre backs at Plymouth sort of like yeah funny enough I was playing central the centre yeah the centre role and then I had Kel I think I don't know where he is now but he was playing to the left but yeah I was playing central of the three yeah so that must have been a really like that, that yeah that's obviously set you on the path you've gone now like that that season yeah in the back a series of big decisions you know making these choices to go to these clubs and of course um the next one came not in England you know your first taste of football abroad I think obviously it it comes to you know you know your first season as a professional with Fulham they want you to go out and keep playing Obviously, you might think the next logical step would be maybe a, a, a club in the championship in England, but you you know you went abroad and you went to Denmark, and and obviously we know now that you, you took another decision to come to Portugal. So it's important, I think, for our, our listeners who are maybe not from the UK to understand that it's not very common for for young English players to go abroad. You know, this that's not a, a, a common decision. But obviously, again, another big decision that you made the move to Denmark came about. What appealed to you about that move and and, and playing abroad? Yeah, I think. Obviously, I could have definitely gone to League One again or maybe mm. low champ. But then it was a thing where obviously my agent had I had advice from other people and I was looking at some of the steps people were taking. And for me, it was just getting a new environment, new like eyes watching me that can take me to a different level, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Mm. So it was definitely a risk, yeah. But it's something I just I had to just back myself in and just go for it, to be honest. But yeah. Denmark's. How did Denmark compare to, to the English League one? With Denmark, I think on the field is all I think League One. There's some game obviously every every game is different in it. Like in the league, you're gonna have some opponents that's just coming from the champ, then some opponents coming from like League Two. So I think Denmark is uh I'll say League One was more I think a bit more challenging for me mm. than Denmark. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I'll say, really. Denmark was all right for me, but I had more issues like 
off the pitch side, like just adapting to how things are are done there. But on the pitch, once I'm on the pitch, then it was it was all it was all fine. To be honest, yeah. I was going to ask actually because that that was obviously must be a huge part. Like the idea, even for myself, the idea of moving to a different country, like is just so quite daunting and particularly a place like Denmark where I would have I'd have no chance of speaking the language or anything like that and then have no idea what it's like living there yeah. um yeah that's, that's really impressive man but the thing I wanted to touch on there that you mentioned about your your agent sort of being advised that this would be an interesting place to move to for your for your career development I think mm-hmm. that's really interesting because I think I, I agree with that I think the way we see football go with um scouting networks and you know people seeing talent in, in various different places could you elaborate a bit more? Like, was that was that like the sort of part of the thinking that your agent sort of suggested Denmark or like? Yeah, the... so basically, it's like now that I've been abroad for like two years, I'm seeing that like, the way my teammates and even like other people abroad talk about like teams is a whole different like perspective because it'll be like in England you're saying League One, but from their side is third, it's like third here in England. You get what I'm trying to say? So it's like yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like they don't see it as much as like we see it when we're in England, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. But then that was like an eye opener, and even it's like that way when you're talking to like some scouts, people high up in the game abroad, like you you may get a bit more, as you say, like respect from playing in mm-hmm. a different country, which is first tier, than playing in England, which is like third or fourth. You know what I mean, like League One, League Two. But when you're in England. It's different, like in England. If you say League One, people be like, "Yeah, like, yeah, yeah." You understand, yeah. So that's that's kind of the I think where my hit my agent's head was at, and and when you're abroad, you you definitely see that too. So yeah, it's a weird one. Yeah. Mm. No, it makes total sense. And look, obviously, that brings us to summer 2022 when you switched South London from Northern Portugal with Aruka. <laughs> But of course, there was something different about this movie, which is that it wasn't a loan move. You signed a permanent deal, your first permanent club of your career after Fulham. Just quickly, how did that feel? Because again, it must have been a big deal to to leave the club that you've been at for such a huge part of your life. But equally, at the same time, the world is your oyster. You have all these possibilities. So it must have been it must have been a really interesting time, to say the least. Yeah, I think that obviously from the Denmark loan, I was kind of prepared mentally that my my time at Fulham was probably like done in a way because if I I could have gone if I went on loan again to like stayed in England then I'd be like cool I'm returning to Fulham see if I can break in and or not go on loan again so once I took that first step abroad then I knew the next step would definitely be like abroad again so I kind of set myself up for that and when Aroka or Aruka came it was like yeah like first division Portugal then you obviously look at the ranking of the leagues and I think at that time Portugal was saying like fifth or somewhere. So obviously mm. you're playing teams like Benfica, Porto, Lisbon, Braga, like there's big teams. So yeah, that was just kind of, it was very exciting for me to be honest. Yeah. Well, let's get stuck into Aruka. Jerome, I'm not trying to stitch you up here, but be <laughs> honest, before you signed for Aruka, had you even heard of the word Aruka before? <laughs> because I'm going to be honest, before me and Barney started this podcast, I hadn't heard of it. Yeah, yeah, no, honestly, yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't, me and my girl. Yeah, no one, no one in my family, to be honest. So yeah, <laughs> we are with you guys on that one, to be fair, yeah. But obviously, as soon as I'm sure you heard the interest from the club, and like you say, a, a Premier League side looking at the teams you're going to play with the opportunity for European football I think for a young player that must have been like a really mouthful in opportunity yeah 
for me, it was like I spoke to the president there and the, the coach and there, and I wanted to know like their plan with me and their targets, and they seemed really confident in what in what they wanted from me and as and from the club. So once I I knew that's where what I wanted to do and I saw their vision, it was just like yeah, let's let's just go for it. Yeah, and and from the outside in, you know, a player moving from from Fulham who's played on loan in England to move to Aruka, that's an interesting move. So when you spoke to people at the club. Was it clear that they'd done their homework on you? They'd watched you as a player, and 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 they were, you know, they were familiar with your game. Yeah, I spoke to the club manager, the president. Because for me, I'm like, I like to ask questions because I don't just mm. like that's a a big commitment, you know, to just take my girlfriend, my fella, like, just to go to Portugal, you know, and it's not alone anymore. So, mm. and the back of my head, this is like permanent. So, when I started getting the feedback, and they've analysed my game and. They had a clear plan. That's when I said, "Yeah, it makes this is making sense." So, yeah, mm. and and then what a way to start with um, first game of the season against Benfica away in the Estadio to lose fifty three thousand people in the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, like, it, would that have been like the biggest game of your career in terms of the occasion, the opposition, etc.? Like, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. When I saw that fixture, I was like, I was thinking, wow. Mm. Then yeah, go on the pitch and then. Obviously, that the start, the stands wasn't that full. But then when I came out for kickoff, just thinking, Jesus Christ, man, this is this is real. So yeah, man, it was definitely a a tough first game, like getting thrown into the deep end. But yeah, I think it was, I think it was kind of it was a good thing that is like you took. I just took that first. So then from there, it kind of not gets easier, but it's like, mm. yeah, mm. it's one of them ones. So yeah. And in that Benfica lineup, you must have been, you know, you must have been playing against players. Obviously, at the time, Enzo Fernandez was in the team, a player that moved for a, a, a decent fee to Chelsea. Not long after that, you got, you know, you know, big players in that side. I was actually in Lisbon when that game happened, and I was very, very close to coming. But it was a family holiday. I felt bad about leaving my family. I regret that now. But I watched the game. Um, yeah. I mean, to say in at the deep end was obviously, um, it was a little bit in at the deep end. But also, you know. When that's kind of why you move to this club, right? And when and when you come up against those players, surely that's you know I'm I'm guessing that's what you want. You know, you want to test yourself against these players and and play in a, in a different environment. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like these, that's the games that before you play. You know, you have people saying like, this is the game you're going to be judged on. That like, these are the games that you want to play well. So when I get when I know that we're playing one of them teams, like, and to be fair, any team in the league, but you know, them games you just. <clears throat> You know, it's like a bigger, like a kind of bigger occasion for people watching. So yeah, that's definitely something that excites me when I'm playing one of them them teams too. Yeah, hmm. and obviously the season, as we know, went very well. Um, you can you started that game first game in the season. Obviously, a new signing, a young player in a new country. Maybe the manager would have been tempted to kind of ease you in, but you know, you went straight in there. You continued to be a regular starter for those sort of next 10, 15 games of the season. After 15 games, you're, you're sitting in seventh place just outside European places. You know, I'm, I'm so intrigued because we, we chatted briefly before we started recording about what the team's ambitions were. Um, from the outside looking in, it was fair to say that Aruka finishing the European places was a bit of a surprise. But to the team, how did it feel to be inside that dressing room when this season is starting to to kick on and, and, you, and you're up there with those big teams how does it feel in that dressing room are the, are the, the players confident is this something that you talked about before the season yeah I think as I said the 
when I first came in, I remember the president saying I saw down and that's that's what he's that's what he wanted, you know, that that's what the goal was. And I think obviously honestly speaking, like to some of us it was like, okay, we'll see. I don't know if he's just saying this, <laughs> but but we'll see. But then as we progressed, then it started to like look like more of a reality. Then yeah, the dressing room, everyone was just positive, training just everyone's more happier when you're winning, of course. And then yeah, but then obviously the coach will always remind us. I don't listen to the news, don't listen to the press, all of them things. Just stay humble and, and keep going because it's not done until it's done. So, yeah, that's always stay in the back of our heads whilst we was on the way to that success. So, yeah. I think that I think that was quite obvious to see, actually, as the season progressed. Like you mentioned there, like the team did grow in confidence and then that kept you guys going. Like it was... Um... I think just seeing all these players come together for this, like it just seems to all click and like you had that sort of quite quite a regular starting eleven, you know, the the the, the same key players. Yeah. Um I mean the if I was to pick out a sort of a, a key experienced player it would have been like Alan Ruiz, who like obviously had his time at sporting and stuff. Yeah. Was he were there were there figures in that room who sort of really G'd you guys up and just kept that like that focus going. Were there, were there players that really sort of kept you in your yeah, yeah. The, the target in mind? Yeah, I think we had like you see the skipper Basso. He's a good good captain, a good leader. We had loads of players in the change room, you know, because I think it was a very, I think it was a very diverse group, but it also like brought mm. us together, you know. So there's a couple like different languages, but it's like we all understood each other on the pitch, and yeah, and even. Like Sorrow, we had Sorrow there that used to, you know, communicate well with him and David in the midfield. Uh, and then, yeah, just a lot of other boys, Silla. Mm. Yeah, and also was a bit of a leader. Jayo, right back, he's a bit of a leader too. So, Arezma, yeah, it was just like the whole team really was on, on a good wavelength. And even the players that's not obviously probably in the starting lineup, like when they're on the pitch, it's like they're starting like, no one put their head down. We just all stuck together. So I just mm. helped take each other. Yeah, so it's good. And anyone who's followed a successful team will know that to have a successful season, you need a cohesive dressing room where everyone's pulling in the same direction. For you coming in as you know, as a new player, young player from a different country, how how was it settling into that dressing room? How long do you think it took before you felt really settled in? Yeah, I'll say when I first came. Pre-season, I struggled a bit because, like, the heat, the heat was just something I wasn't used to. Obviously, <laughs> sometimes in Fulham, you would travel, but then you only be there for, like, a week. Mm. But then he, and in Naroka, Naroka especially, was hot, like, it was, like, 30 degrees sometimes, and then I'll be training, I'm just like, but then, obviously, the coaches and people around me was just advising me I'll get used to it, which I did, like, after, like, two weeks. I started getting used to it, then my confidence started to grow. And then, yeah, then certain players will come in. As I said, Thoreau, uh, someone that was speaking English, and I had Moses and, yeah, Silla. And, yeah, the group just kind of formed and, like, friendships were built. And then, yeah, things just progressed from there. Because I would say that's that's what I felt was one of your strengths, as you, as you touched on there earlier as well, the fact that you had so many different players coming from so many different leagues, different countries, all coming together. There's no sort of... Well, the impression I got anyway was that there was no sort of like it was almost like there was no history. There was obviously like I can't imagine there being any particular cliques or anything like that. Mm. It just seems like everyone sort of come together um 
yeah to enjoy it i was interested that i was i was actually trying to i think about what what players might have spoken english as well yeah uh, so cuz sorry was a celtic at one point as well wasn't he so yeah. like yeah. and benji benji mitchell joined in january right oh yeah benji yeah yeah from the mls yeah now he's, mm. he's one of my good friends now too to be fair and then yusuf yusuf joined i think from mm. azerbaijan but yeah he's one of my good friends and we got rafa mujica milo Oreo biscuits and they they're all cool. So it's just like everyone's just cool. Everyone's just cool with everyone, to be honest. Yeah. It's one of them ones. Mm. Obviously it's a long season though, because it's easy to get caught up in in the hype, sort of 15 games in when people are riding high, but you know, a season is is a marathon and 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 not a sprint. Um and you know, the way that Aruka really kind of dug in and fought until the end to to secure that that European spot was was really admirable. Um you finished above Vittoria on the last day of the season to take fifth yeah. place. That last game of the season must have been, you know, that feeling at the end of the game. Just tell us what that was like. Yeah, I think it was just like a like we can breathe now because mm. we played, I think Chavs did before that, obviously we won to uh, confirm the European place, but I think if we beat Porto Menez, then it'll mean that we get a better, I think, like what a later stage or something like that. Yeah, enter into the third qualifying round rather than yeah. The so then once we won that game, it was just like everyone was just happy. It was just a, it was a great feeling for the team, the manager, and then yeah, it was good. And you know, obviously you're quite modest talking about the team but for yourself personally as well I mean that feeling of of knowing that you know next season you're going to be playing European football and in 12 months going from someone who's you know been on loan in in, in England and in Denmark and then 12 months later you're you're you've qualified for for European football it must have been a really proud moment yeah for me it was definitely something that was just like wow because obviously when I first came, it wasn't something I was thinking about too much. I was just thinking about, you know, getting 20 to 30 games, mm. playing well and like, staying in the league, finishing in a good place. But then obviously that's just a massive, a massive bonus that I'm grateful. I'm very grateful for it. So yeah, for me personally, it was definitely a massive achievement. So yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not just saying this because you're here, Jerome, but like I think the, the effect you had on that defence, because to be to be frank with you, like Aruka, that you didn't score the most amount of goals, but it was your defense that really sort of got you the points throughout the season. Um, I, like you, you mentioned this guy, I think he's he was a great addition to the team. But your partnership with Jao Basso, um, I thought was like it was just brilliant. I really enjoyed watching you guys play. I wondered, like, what, what's it like playing alongside someone like him, and and of course in front of them. Um, Arabarena as well, the, who had the, the Uruguay goalkeeper had such an amazing season. Yeah, um, yeah. broke the record for the most penalties in the se- uh, saves in the season as well. Like, yeah, what was it like playing in that back line? Yeah, I think the chemistry was just it was good to be fair. Like, obviously, we started off. There's some words that they will say like side, like those words that get up, drop. But then once we all got on a level, and it was like we started to understand each other, and I'm obviously. I needed to communicate a lot with Charisma. And then mm. his English, his English got better as the season progressed. And playing with Bass is like we're just we understand each other, you know, because like there's some players I played with is like you're you're not on the same level and you need to mm. be. Yeah, but me and Bass definitely we're just calm and 
yeah, we just understand each other a lot. So not too much needs to be said because like, I know what he wants. He knows what I want. So that definitely, definitely help. And as for our keeper, <laughs> yeah, when the penalties was just, we just had a, <laughs> you have a feeling that he's just going to save it, you know. I don't know why, but it was just, it was crazy the amount of saves he was pulling off. So yeah, man, it definitely, it definitely worked. You mentioned communication a couple of times. How's your Portuguese coming along? It's like I understand. <laughs> I'm understanding certain things, but talking That's is great. a bit. Yeah. Mm. Well, I was learning. I was learning and then kind of stopped a bit. But now this season, I've said to myself, you know, I'm going to start lessons again. So yeah. That's great, man. That's yeah. great. Listen, all you yeah. need to know is, is pass, control, touch, <laughs> <laughs> relax. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I tried, I went for lessons for like a week a, a few years ago and I just couldn't get into it. But Albert's yeah. Albert's doing pretty well on that then in Portuguese. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's a fun language to learn, man. And the thing I mean, listen, the thing about Portuguese people are so like so friendly, so welcoming. Mm. Um I think we, we should talk about that side of your you know, we talked about integrating on the pitch, but off the pitch as well, you know, moving to Portugal, new country, have you been have you enjoyed it? Obviously Aruka's close to Porto, so that helps, you know, being close to a big city. Yeah, I think obviously, uh, for me, I'm with I live with my girlfriend, so we looked at a uh, Aruka. Obviously, it's like a it's very quiet, mm. and obviously, like we're from London, so she's used to shops, like just the normal ordering food mm. and that. And obviously, that don't they don't really offer that there. So I've I'm I live in Gaia, and I drive like forty minutes, mm -hmm. so uh, so it kind of just like makes it a bit normal, you know, because mm -hmm. I can't just like jump into somewhere and then it's just a bit weird for everyone. So, but yeah, no, Aruka, Aruka is definitely peaceful. It's a nice place. And Portugal in general, I think is one of the best places I've been to just off the field, you know, like the weather, the people, mm -hmm. the the food's good. So yeah, man, we, we, we're enjoying it a lot. To be fair. We've got a few quick fire questions at the end about food that we'll we'll bring up. So we'll we will we'll circle back to that. Don't worry. Um, but just lastly on the football, I mean, obviously, Armando Evangelista. We know that he's he's left the club now, but he managed the whole season. Um, what was he like to work under? Because obviously, he helps you achieve great things. What was he like with you as well? Was he was he like quite hands on with you, or was he the sort of manager who stands back and lets lets the coaches coach? Yeah, he's. Obviously, he didn't speak English, so it, was, it would be translated mm. through the assistant, but it kind of didn't affect like our relationship. It was kind of like we didn't talk a lot too much, but when he needed to tell me something that I needed to mm. do, he would tell me, and then he told me like I was great at listening and doing it. So once he told me one thing, like in a few minutes, I'll do it, and then that's it stuck inside me. So I think the communication between me and him and his team was it was really good. Like they made they helped me a lot with certain things that won't leave me, won't leave me now, like until the end of my career. So mm. it was definitely a good, a good uh, relationship I had between them, me and the coaches. So, yeah. And, and did he say anything about when he, when he was leaving and why, or like, does it just like, was it just a bit of a shock? Like, yeah, no, he didn't even say anything, you know, I think, I don't know. We had a feeling in the dressing room, we'll see here a couple things, but it's like, you don't know what's true, but then when the news came out, I was like, okay. I think everyone like is looking for something, you know, better for their their selves, their family. So yeah. if it's something for him or for his family or his team, then yeah, like go for it, innit? Like that's what I feel anyway. So yeah. 
and you've started pre-season now under Daniel Ramos. Daniel Ramos, obviously someone that we know quite well. He's, he's done great things in Portugal before. Are you enjoying the, obviously only been a couple of weeks, but are you enjoying playing under him so far? Yeah, I think the training sessions are very, very good. It's like more something that I'm used to back in England in a way, like possession-based things, like very tactical. Mm-hmm. And he speaks he speaks English too, so the communication is is even a bit better. So yeah, I'm enjoying it so far, yeah. It's getting good. Wicked. And, and, and lastly then, Jerome, just on, you know, what is set to be another greatest season for Aruka, European football, another campaign in the league. What are you looking forward to? What are your hopes for this season? I think my hopes for this season is like just as every season, take every game as it comes. And I think going into Europe is something, you know, that I'm very excited for. So I just want to just give it my best. And as a team, hopefully we can, you know, show what show what we're made of and and do well in each game we do. So yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the draw for Victoria has just come out for the Europe Conference's qualifying round there, so they're going off to Slovenia. It'll be interesting to see what, what sort of club you get, like, and, and where you might have to travel. Because we've seen in the park, well, last year and uh, the year before, that it's been quite difficult for the Portuguese clubs to get through this qualifi- qualification rounds. But I think yeah. the difference what we've seen with Aruka there, however, is that you guys seem to have kept the majority of your squad together, which doesn't usually happen for the, the successful Portuguese teams. They usually get ransacked. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm really. I'm, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm feeling quite positive about like the fact that you've still got this the, the core together and, and hopefully you can carry on. Yeah, I think nothing's changed too much. Obviously, as you said, Alan Ruiz. But as for the back four, you know, keeper, midfield, obviously some loans gone out, but people's come in. That's kind of replaced that. So yeah, I agree with you on that. 100%. Well, we look forward to following you in the league and in Europe. Four is going to be. I'm sure a very exciting season. John, we've got some quick fire questions, which we've divided into three sections. Barney, I don't know whether you want to start with these. So no pressure. All right. But here we go. Go on, Barney. Okay, so um hero growing up. God, hero growing <laughs> Starting with an easy one. <laughs> what do you mean like hero like football or just anything, man? What yeah, go go for a football one and then maybe a life one as well, maybe. Football was Gareth Bell, to be fair. So, oh, nice. Is this back in your winger days? <laughs> yeah, I used to watch him like every day, every night, Gareth Bell, yeah. All right, keeping on foot with him, mate. What, who's the hardest player you've played against? Sheesh. The hardest player I've played against? I think it was, what's his name? I think it was in England. Uh, is that Peterborough now? The striker. Big guy. Oh, right. Let me search. Let me look this up because I'm sure international listeners. Yeah, yeah, know you will know, you know him. I think I was young. You say big guy. In fact, now you know what? It was like in Fenway, Wickham. <laughs> <laughs> no, remember you played. You played. You played against Adebayo in Fenway. <laughs> yeah, there was one time just like he said, that he just put me there, and I just couldn't move. I was a bit young, but that guy and I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I love that answer. <laughs> Who was the before? Were you talking about like Clark Harris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's another one that just that hold up place. When I was a, I was a bit inexperienced with it, so I'll just try rush in. But they mm. got them; their bodies were definitely more developed than mine at that at that time. But yeah. So not like so like I was. I mean, I like those answers, but I was like, 
like I was perhaps going to Taremi or like on Ramos. <laughs> I was going to say, listen, if you think Taremi's got anything on Alibi, I confirm where you're confused. <laughs> well, yeah, no, them plays is like, it's a different one. But for me personally, like one-on-one is like, yeah, definitely do. That's why I felt like I struggled. But as a team, I think when you put it into like them, then I'll say them plays because it's like they're moving on to different yeah. parts of the pitch that mm. you can't even go into them zones. So it's like, they make it even more of the back force problem, but yeah. Um, okay, so um, best stadium slash atmosphere you've played in? So Benf- yeah, the Benfica Stadium, definitely. Yeah. I love that stadium. It's a great stadium. To be fair, the dra- but the portal, that portal stadium's up there though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But Benfica felt like, don't know how to explain it, but yeah, it's definitely, the atmosphere's crazy there. Uh, what about what about the worst one, worst pitch? Because we've seen some bad ones this season. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people complain about Santa Clara. If you ever play oh, in the Azores it. in the rain, that's it. You know, I mean, that, that pitch, yeah. yeah, Santa Clara, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Then, what, what about your your dressing room song pick? What what's what's your song? What do you even get on the? Do you even get to put him on as, as someone? I just whack in my earpods, but the Spanish guys, they're kind of taking over the whole... Right, right, right. <laughs> the whole, so they're playing something <laughs> that. I don't know the words, but the beat sounding all right. But yeah, I'm more, you know, like American, little mm. baby, them mm. them type of guys. But yeah, I'm more put my headphones in because I don't I don't know if they're feeling my, my songs like... <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you need to introduce them to some UK music, man. <laughs> Uh, slowly, slowly. Some quick fire questions. These are all about Aruka, okay? So it's about your teammates, like stuff to do with Aruka. So most skillful player at Aruka, Bukio. Oof, Ooh. Nice. yeah. I like that. Who's and who's the toughest? Who's the hard man in the squad? Oh, he's gone now, but it was <laughs> it was different. Actually, no, you know Moses, y'all Moses, but you don't mm. you, you didn't see a lot of him last season. But mm. that guy, yeah. <laughs> Who else were you gonna say? Who, who's left? I was going to say Soro. I was going to say oh, Soro. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. Sometimes mm. it could be a bit rash, but yeah, so I was going to say him. But yeah, definitely Moses. Definitely him. Who's the joker in the dressing room? Now. If people have even got banner in English. <laughs> it would definitely, it would have been Alan Ruiz, you know, that guy okay. he's got now. But that guy <laughs> is the, definitely the joker. But now, he's the joker. Pedro. Uh, he hasn't played too much. He's the like the older guy. He's the right. one of, yeah, Pedro Moreno, something like that. Yeah, mm, nice. And uh, most likely to be a manager, uh, David, David, the midfielder, David Simao. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Oh, yeah, nice. That's a good chat. That's yeah. a good chat. Who's the Who's the teacher's pet in training? Right now, I can't. I can't guess that. You know, because it's been like two weeks. That's a good but... point. That's a good point. For last season, definitely Anthony for Armando. <laughs> definitely. Right, nice. Yeah. Um, and favourite game of the season? Yeah, Sporting Lisbon. Sporting mm. Lisbon home. Definitely. Sporting Lisbon home, 100%. That one was just like, yeah. Yeah, that was my definitely my favourite game. Mm. Big game, man. Big game. All right. Mm. Very, very finally, just some last questions about Portugal as a country, having moved there. I said it was coming back. What is your favourite Portuguese food that you've tried since you've been there? <laughs> this is the problem, you know, because 
I go out to restaurants, but I don't necessarily go to like Portuguese restaurants. Like, I hear that. I hear that. Because I've tried one thing where it's like a sandwich, the egg, and then it and it's in like Francesina. a <laughs> Francesina. Yeah, that one. I was, a bit I was a bit 50-50 on that. My girlfriend <laughs> liked it, though. I was a bit 50-50, yeah. Listen, it's full not... on, isn't it? It's like it's got beer on. sauce and like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You have to do double sessions after eating that. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Man. I was going to say favourite Portuguese song because I imagined that you might have put, picked one up for in the dressing room, but I guess maybe it was all Spanish. Yeah, Spanish and Brazilian. The mm, Brazilian, okay. yeah. Mm. Probably go on my iTunes to tell you the name, but Portuguese songs. I don't, I don't, mm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I'll, know. I'll send you some recommendations. I'm done. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, last two favorite favorite thing about living in Portugal. The weather. Easy, easy. Yeah, definitely that. Especially coming from England, and the biggest thing you miss about England. I say family. Yeah, family. Then if you're talking about like England in general, I feel like the like the diversity of like the food, like England you can just get Chinese fish and chips, you know, them them sort of things on a day off anyway. But yeah, definitely, definitely. Don't worry, we won't play this to the manager. <laughs> All right, Jerome, that brings us to the end of the interview. Thank you so much for your time, mate. We really appreciate it, and we wish you all the best for the coming season. All right, cheers, Albert Barney. Cheers, it's been great. <laughs>